Well, as uh, Susan said, it's fun to have the snow, and I didn't know you said that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, Mary Ann uh, earlier mentioned that we are in this season of Lent, and uh, each week we want uh, to share a liturgy of lament, and we also want to uh, have a confession of a particular sin. My observation is that uh, we, as, as a people in general, again, this is in general, uh, but it's like Nehemiah. Nehemiah, when he confessed the sin of his ancestors and of the he personally, he, he didn't commit those sins, but he identified with them because he was part of that community. So we, maybe not personally, we're so individualistic, we, we forget that, that we're part of a bigger community. And in general, uh, the church is missing the mark, falling short of the mission of God. Uh, part of that is what we shared in worship. We, we're, not, we're not looking a lot like Jesus. We're not being transformed very much from the inside out by the work of the Holy Spirit. And then we are not making uh, genuine apprentices, um, making disciples as Jesus asked us to. So we, we, wanna, we wanna prepare ourselves because when we get to the cross and the resurrection, that's where the answer is. But we wanna lament some. The lament uh, is to prepare us for the empty tomb of Jesus. That's where we get our hope. And then our confession is to bring us to the cross because that's where we experience forgiveness. So may our lamentation and our confession truly prepare us for a wholehearted remembrance of the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus. On this first uh, Sunday of Lent, I want us to lament the loss of life. Mary Ann mentioned that. Um, this global pandemic uh, in America alone, almost 500,000 people have died of COVID. I think you've probably read this. If you've not, that is more than those that died in World War One, World War Two, and the Vietnam War combined. That's a lot of people losing their life. But that's not the only people that have lost their life. There have been people that have lost their life due to police brutality. There have been people that have lost their life in riots. Um, there have been people who've lost their life in trying to defend our Capitol building from an insurrection. Uh, we've had people that lost their life due to the cold. So I want us to lament uh, the loss of life. And to do that, I want to take us to a very simple liturgy. There will be a, a place to respond. Steve is going to show what that response will be so that you can say that along with me. I'll, I'll introduce that response with just the word together. Lord Jesus, we've heard that you're close to the brokenhearted and near to the cries of the poor. Prove it. We're on the floor. We'll wait. Holy, loving God, we cry out to you in the depths of our despair 
in the chaos of our crisis, in the anguish of our agony, we cry out your name together. We bring you our pain. We bring you our sorrow. We bring you our shame, the threat of tomorrow. Lord, can you hear us? We are weary and worn out, broken and beaten, heartbroken and hungry for justice, relief, healing, love. We speak to you. Together, we bring you our pain. We bring you our sorrow. We bring you our shame, the threat of tomorrow. Holy, loving God, we know you are the God who hears, who bends low to listen, who draws near to heal, who carries our crises, who has walked in our skin. We affirm our trust in you together. We bring you our pain. We bring you our sorrow. We bring you our shame, the threat of tomorrow. Thank you for all that is possible in the space that pain can create. We cling to amazing grace and wait Paul assures us in his letter to the Ephesians that Jesus is our peace. Mary Ann referred to the same verse in her prayer. Jesus has removed by the cross the dividing walls of hostility that separate groups of people from groups of people. Paul's words are these, Jesus is our peace. In his flesh, he made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. When there is disunity between people, when there is a literal or a figurative dividing wall, when there's hostility between different groups of people, especially in the church of Jesus, those who are following Jesus have missed the mark. We've fallen short. We have sinned this morning. We confess our sin of tribalism, a partisan political spirit which destroys the unity of the body of Christ and justifies hostility toward the other, whoever that other may be. Our family visited Israel and the Palestinian territories for the first time in 1989. We were there to support Kathy and her leadership of the Reconciliation Walk. We were there as very novice peacemakers, hoping to help in the process of reconciliation between the people who lived in the land, Israelis and Palestinians, and their tragic historical encounter with Western Crusaders who came with the sword in the name of Jesus rather than the good news of God's love and forgiveness. Our eyes were open to a new depth of division and hatred 
within the human heart. Following our visit in 2000, an intifada occurred. And that's an uprising. Palestinians, again, forced to, to address the occupying force of Israel in eastern Jerusalem, the West Bank. Tragically, thousands died before that uprising ended. During that time, World Vision published a brochure entitled, Who Will Wipe Away Their Tears? Our son Adam, on a subsequent visit to Jerusalem and Bethlehem, secured a copy of that brochure and he brought it home. He dropped that brochure on my lap and he said, I don't know what you're gonna do with this. The brochure recorded the names of both Israeli and Palestinian children killed during the 2000 Intifada. And I was aware that Israeli children had died when bombs exploded in public places in Jerusalem. But I was not aware that five times the number of Palestinian children had been killed, but not by bombs in the West Bank, but by IDS snipers who shot children through the head or through the heart. I was stunned by the tragic loss of children, but especially Palestinian children. Who intentionally kills children? In reading some of the accounts of the shootings, I read the words of some of the soldiers who spoke of not shooting children. In their accounts, they were shooting rats. How are children created in the image of God reduced to rats. In 2011, Susan and I visited Rwanda with Kathy. As in Jerusalem and Bethlehem, we were there to encourage reconciliation between the Tutsi and the Hutu after the genocide of April 1994. In a period of 100 days, 500,000 to 600,000 Tutsis were slaughtered by the Hutu. In teaching a school of reconciliation, Kathy had drawn both Tutsi and Hutu believers who'd lost parents, grandparents, sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts, friends, and they sought reconciliation with one another for their nation. One of Kathy's students had the opportunity to share part of the story with us. As we walked around his neighborhood in Kigali, he pointed to an intersection saying, this is where I first I, saw, I first saw the Hutu soldiers killing a Tutsi woman. I simply blurted out, the soldiers saw, shot a woman here? His reply, no, they did not shoot her. The soldiers pushed her to the ground and they stepped on her until she died. She was a cockroach. How is a woman created in the image of God reduced to cockroach? How are children created in the image of God reduced to rats? How is a woman created in the image of God reduced to a cockroach? I, I know these are disturbing questions 
and they evoke very tragic images. But how do we human beings convince ourselves that other human beings are less than human? And we justify murder as if we're doing the world a favor by eradicating the rats and the roaches. This sin grows out of tribalism, that is, behavior and attitudes that stem from strong loyalty to one's own tribe or social group. When that strong loyalty to one's own group demonizes and dehumanizes rival groups, it gives rise to the unthinkable, like a genocide in Rwanda and the death of children in the Intifada. I know that tribalism may seem a long way away for you and I, but I want you to consider the following quote. When we think of tribalism, we tend to focus on the primal pull of race, religion, or ethnicity. But partisan political loyalties can become tribal too. When they do, they can be as destructive as any other allegiance. Even America's founding father, George Washington, warned us. In his farewell address, he described the, quote, spirit of party, end of quote, as democracy's, quote, worst enemy, end of quote. Spirit of party as democracy's worst enemy. It agitates the community, he went on to say. The ill-founded jealousies, false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against the other, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. On January the 6th, 2021, we witnessed insurrection at our nation's capital, spawned by the spirit of party and false alarms of an election stolen. For the first time in American history, political tribalism interrupted the peaceful passage of power from the incumbent president to the newly elected president. That would be bad enough, but even more disturbing in the midst of that insurrection someone carrying a flag with the name of Jesus. Reports of prayers being prayed within the besieged chambers, along with songs of praise sung. The spirit of party, tribalism, has infected the body of Christ. If it is not discerned, confessed, and resisted, our American political tribalism will lead down the same trail of horror witnessed in Israel, Palestine, and Rwanda. Paul warned us in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. Brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spirit-filled people but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed, with, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for solid food. 
even now you're still not ready for you're still of the flesh for as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations for when one says I belong to Paul and another I belong to Apollos are you not merely human when we say I belong to Paul and another says not me I belong to Apollos we are expressing a partisan spirit put whatever name you want to put in there when we express that partisan spirit we erect a wall we express hostility this partisan political spirit feeds our humanity our immaturity our flesh it is opposed to the spirit of god who dwells within us the partisan spirit produces misplaced zeal strife discord contention quarrels spirit-filled people belong to no man to no party not even to their own flesh their allegiance is to the holy spirit who helps them rise above the flesh and to live not in a human way but in a way of jesus christ the god and man way spirit indwelling our humanity as oil and water do not mix nor does the spirit and flesh we can pledge allegiance to only one at a time either flesh or spirit may our allegiance be to the holy spirit john writes in his first letter if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves the truth is not in us if we confess our sins however he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness holy spirit come hear our confession after each confession there'll be a, a response that you can say i'll say together as a clue Holy Spirit, we have deceived ourselves together. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. Holy Spirit, we have turned from truth and believed a lie together. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. We have called evil good and good evil. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. We have welcomed a partisan political spirit into your church. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. Having done so, we have grieved you, Holy Spirit. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. We have allowed the flesh to produce its fruit in us. And through us, show mercy toward us.
we confess misplaced zeal, strife, discord, contention, quarrels. Have mercy toward us in Jesus. We have lived in a human way, the way of the flesh, a way inferior to the way of the Spirit. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. Forgive us our sins. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Show mercy toward us in Jesus. Amen. As part of our teaching time, we each week want to include the opportunity for questions to be asked or comments to be made. The way you do that is you ask your question on the feed or you make your comment on the feed and then those uh, within the room will kind of share those with me and we'll be able to have a little bit of a conversation in light of what we have shared. Also want to ask those that are in the room if you have a question or a comment you likewise can me of just remember there was a little boy that gave his lunch away uh, it definitely was not enough to feed 5,000 people but he was willing to give what he had and Jesus multiplied that I believe the same is true for us that when we give to others that there is a way that our God miraculously provides for all the needs to be met but we have to let go of what we have so good, good comment. Thank you for that. Any other question or comment? I think this has to be the start of a longer conversation okay. about this. And I think that we're going to find ourselves revisiting this time and time and time again in our community because it is so prevalent. So this is the beginning of a conversation. This, this will not be the end of it. This is just the beginning. And may we, I pray that, I pray we stick with it. I pray we stay in that conversation. This needs to be addressed. 
Well, thank you. That's a great comment. Great observation. Who's willing to go on that journey together? I hope we all are. Anything else? So it's a book recommendation uh, from Salim Unair. Salim has spent his life uh, as a Israeli uh, Palestinian uh, seeking reconciliation between Palestinian and Israeli. Uh, he has a book, Journey Through the Storm, uh, that Kathy is recommending that we read. Thank you, Kathy. Kathy is always helpful in this area of conversation. All right, uh, if that is all for today, just know you, you, can, you can write us or call us or text us if there's more comments or questions, and we'll be glad to answer those. It's time for us to say farewell, and I want us to continue doing what we've been doing, which to invite those that have shared this morning to come say farewell. And then I have a few farewell thoughts for the week and requests. So please, those that have helped, come say goodbye.